Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles with me, if you will, to 2 Samuel chapter 6. We will read 1 to 15. It's a long read, but um, I'll go through it quickly. 2 Samuel chapter 6 from verse 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What a word. This word blessed me today. Amen. How many of you are ready to be catapulted and elevated by the word of God to your next level in God. I'm talking about next level in God, in his kingdom. Amen. Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Second Samuel chapter 6 from verse 1. I'm going to read to verse 15. Amen. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000 men. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal, Judah, of Judah, to bring out from there the ark of God, whose name is called the name of the Lord of hosts, that is, that dwells between the cherubims, that is the Lord of hosts, enthroned above the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, and that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, and accompanied the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel prayed before the Lord in all manner of instruments made of wood, made of fair wood, and even harps and sorceries and timbrels and unconnects and cymbals. And verse 6, when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. Verse 8, and David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah and called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. In verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day. He was scared of God, and he said, How shall the ark of the Lord that embodies the presence of God, how shall he come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him in the city of David, but David carried it aside to the house of Obed-Hedon, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, 
three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Hedom in three months and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertains to him, everything connected with him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of God with gladness. And it was so that when they bear the ark of God and had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was guided with a lining of effort. Verse 15, so David and all the house of the Lord brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. May the Lord bless his word in our hearts today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I want to share something. The Lord began to open the eyes of my understanding to something God is about to do in the end time. God is about to raise men and women we would rise in what I call kingdom influence, kingdom significance. I'm talking about men and women who will become embodiment of God's blessings. Those of you on tonight's prayer huddle, you have been chosen by God to hear this word. Those of you on prayer huddle tonight, you have been drawn by the Lord because what you are about to encounter, I encountered it years ago. And what you're about to encounter is still functional and working in my life. What you're about to encounter in the Holy Spirit is something that will revolutionize how you perceive your work with God and how you position yourself to be salt of the earth to be housed on a hill that cannot be hidden, to be the light in this world, in your word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God's prophetic agenda is to promote and empower men and women with blessings that can only come from his presence. This is important. You can write that down. God's Prophetic agenda, the agenda of God for this end time is to choose some men and women who have followed him diligently, who love the Lord, who has given their life to Christ, and to make them beacon, to make them significant, to, to distinguish them. I'm talking about the order of blessing and visitation that comes from hosting God's presence. And not just hosting God's presence, but taking that responsibility to be a steward of God's presence like Obehidom. We're talking about a significant change, a significant turnaround in the story of a person 
just like in the life of Obeidon, that in three months, in three months, everyone in the neighborhood knew that something has happened and something is transpiring in the life of Obeidon. There is a transaction of heaven that has begun to shift and change things that Obeidon began to see the blessings of God in, 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 in magnitudes and proportion that was beyond normal. We're talking about the blessings that comes from the presence of God. How to become the magnet of that favor of God, of that grace of God, that anointing. Amen. That empowerment that comes from God that positions you and I to become the beneficiaries or benefactors of what God is about to release and pour down on the face of the earth. Am I talking to somebody? There is, there is a prophetic agenda. God is saying that even as much as I'm anointing vessels, anointing pastors and evangelists and prophets and apostles, I also want to impact men and women who will carry such significance the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah 16 verse 22, it says a little one. It's talking about men and women that their beginning might be little, but their later end with God will begin to increase in astronomical proportion. If I'm talking about you, shout a loud amen. I, I know in my spirit that God is sending this word to someone. He's sending this word to a family. Amen. People that, according to the word of the Lord in Isaiah 16 verse 22, it says, a little one, a little one like me, a little one like yourself. It says, a little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation, for I will hasten it in his time, says the Lord. I will hasten it. I will make it happen with such speed. And that was what happened in the life of Obeidon. David heard about it, and David was like, no, 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 we're going to do everything it takes. I want that. David already built the city of David. And the city of David in Jerusalem was the administrative center of the governance of the entire nation Israel. But beyond it just being the administrative capital, David desired that Jerusalem would also become the spiritual capital of Israel. It would become the camping ground to host God, to host his presence, to host his power. And so David said to men, about 30 men, he said, let's go get the ark of God. But as they were doing that, some things happened. And David was like, no, this cannot come to me. So he packed it in the house of Obeidom. But there was something about the life of Obeidom that caused a revolution that, you know, it, it unveiled the fact that the ark was meant, the ark was an embodiment of blessing. 
The ark was an embodiment. It was a cloud of God's glory that turns things around. I want to pray for somebody. You are about to experience something. Your life is about to be invaded. You are about to host the God of mighty presence that blesses and turns around and, 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 and turns things around. And, and you, you know, I'm talking about a dimension of God coming into your life and things in your life will so turn around that people will notice it and people will say, indeed, it's because of the act of God's presence in your life. If you believe that, shout aloud, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, God began to say, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people, a peculiar people that have been called out of darkness. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to show forth his praise. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 from verse 5, it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten from the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, who loved us and has washed us from our sins by his own blood, and the Bible says, has made us kings and priests. Please take note. He has chosen us. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are royalty, a chosen generation. Amen. The gene of God that makes us evolve into a nation. The word generation means gene traveling with nation in it. So we carry the gene of God and we are evolving and traveling with the nation of God trapped in our destiny. I, am I speaking to somebody? And the way to manifest this is for us to step into the kingly and priestly dimension of our destiny. In other words, the Bible says in Revelation, in Revelation 1 verse 6, he has made us, he's made us kings and made us priests unto our God, our Father. Amen. Every child of God uh, has a destiny in Christ to evolve as a nation after a kingly and priestly order. I'm saying something here. God began to show me prophetically, say, watch what I'm going to do. And he said, I'm going to be raising from your midst. I'm going to be raising from your platform. I'm going to be raising across the world. He said, but tell your people, God is raising men and women who would rise after this priestly and kingly order to manifest as nation. God's destiny is that one man will become a strong nation. I say, a little one shall become a strong nation. Amen. So everyone carries that potential to evolve as a nation. 
as a corporate entity carrying the grace and loaded with the favor of heaven. Amen. As intellectual assets to our world, we will stand up, people, men and women, we will conquer business empire for the kingdom. I'm talking to men and women, we will be influenced in the marketplace. Men and women, we will carry spiritual influence. Amen. In the body of Christ, people who will fulfill their kingly and priestly destiny as a nation. The Bible says, God saying, talking about Abraham, he said, in blessing, I will bless you. In blessing, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you. And he went on and said, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Somebody said, I carry the presence of God. I want you to declare, say, I carry the presence of God. And the presence of God releases uncommon blessings in my life. I want you to confess, say, I carry the presence of God. And the presence of God releases uncommon blessing in my life. The, 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 the plan of God for every one of us is to go from grace to grace, from glory to glory. The Bible says in Psalms 84, verse 7, he says, they go from strength to strength, each one appearing before God in Zion. So to manifest God in Zion, it takes going from grace to grace. Please never come to a point where God has blessed you and you just relaxed in your zeal and passion after God. You have not even started. Hello. You have not even started. You and I, we have not even started. We have not seen anything yet. The Bible says, eyes have not seen. Yes, I have not heard. What, or it, neither has it entered into the heart of any man what God has prepared. There is, there is a dimension of grace and glory. That has been prepared. You carry the genes of God to manifest a nation. A nation, when we're talking about a nation, we're talking about God raising you to become that strong nation. A little one becoming a strong nation. And that was what happened with Obeidon. But how did Obeidon tap into this dimension? And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at some things from this story. Number one. Before the ark came, before the ark came to the house of Obeidom, some things transpired. We had Abinadab, who was the priest, okay? Abinadab was going before the ark. Uzzah was traveling by the side of the ark, amen? And then the third person here was Obeidom. After the breach to wound the ark, was shifted. It's like, wow, I, I don't want to deal. David just when after that whole breach happened, David was like, no, I don't want to deal with this. Let's look for somebody that this ark can kill. <laughs> Always ready to die. I am not ready to die. So he packed the ark of God in the house of Obedo. I was reading the Bible and trying to find out why did God on a day like this, a special day, the Bible said they were, they were 
they were dancing, they were rejoicing, they were celebrating. The ark is coming to Jerusalem. The presence of God is coming. And David was dancing. But the Bible said some things, and I want us to pay attention to it because there is no meaningless detail in the word of God. Every word of God is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction, spiritual guidance in righteousness, that a man of God, you and I, might be thoroughly furnished in the word of God. So when we read a story like this and see different things that transpired, why would God on a day of celebration make a breach and kill a man? The Bible says, as they were going, the oxen stumbled, and then the ark shook, and this man, out of, you know, the exuberance, out of everything going on right there, in that occasion, he put forth his hand to steady the ark, to hold it. Because in his mind, he could see the ark stumbling. And in his mind, I need to, you know, help the glory of God, touch the glory of God, hold the glory of God, take account of the glory of God. And he did that. And the Bible said, God smote him. He died. He died. Now, I was looking at what are the things that God will have us learn. First of all, the Bible says, that they played with different instruments of wood. The word wood in the Bible, in the Hebrew, wood is symbolic of one thing, flesh. Flesh. When the Lord was speaking to Moses about building the temple, and he was saying, you're going to, you're going to, make, you're going to make certain equipments, instruments in the temple, the vessels, he said, you will make some of gold, but some will also be of wood. Some of shitting wood, who talks about eternal flesh, because he was talking about what will be dedicated in the temple as a type of Christ. But here they were having instruments played of all kinds, but of wood, who talks about flesh. Number two, the word uza means strength. It means strength. It means power, human power. The Bible says in 1 Samuel, it says, for by strength shall no man prevail. So we see David dancing with all his strength, all his might. We see Uzzah coming with all his might, his all his strength. And we see them playing with instruments of wood, everything flesh, flesh, strength of the flesh. Amen. And, and, and with the strength of the flesh, they try to bring the act of God. They try to host the presence of God. They try to end the blessing. Amen. By the strength of the flesh. And God say, no, I'm going to have to stop this. So beyond just smoting a man or killing a man, there was something. Heaven was saying, no, my blessings and my presence will not be by your carnal strength. My blessing and my, my presence is not going to be by my power. It's not going to be by your power. Amen? Because they came with strength. But how is it going to come? You know, Abinadab was right in front of the ark. The word Abinadab, the name Abinadab means father of thou or some a willingness. 
in the Hebrew, it means willingness, father of vow. So we see going before the ark, what precedes God's presence in any life, amen? It takes the will, our will, our will to surrender. Obedidam actually means, the word Obed means servant. So he was a servant of Edom who became servant of God. So the willingness to serve, the willingness to serve, it's what made the difference. That willing heart, that heart that is vowed to God, that heart that is saying, no matter how much blessing I see, no matter how much promotion I see, it's not going to interfere with my relationship and my seeking after the presence of God, because that is the key to my blessing. And that is what we see in the life of Obeidah. And I'm going to run through some points here. Number one, David was afraid to handle God's presence because in his flesh, he was not ready for it. I want to ask you, do, do some of you feel like that? You know, your response to God, your response to, to, the, to, to, to the presence, to hosting God's presence, to stewarding God's presence is that of withdrawal. That of withdrawal. And that does not attract the blessing of God to any life. It does not attract this dimension of kingly and priestly favor we're talking about. He had a response of withdrawal. Oh, the ark is coming. There's, there's a lot. He said in that question, he said, how can I bring the ark of God's presence to me? How can I? Am I ready to give up? Am I ready to let go? Am I ready to have the willing heart to steward, to serve the presence of God with my life, with my whole being, with everything that I'm about with everything in my household, everything aligning in order to make sure I host the presence of God in a way that I'm a partaker of the blessing like Obeidom. And the Bible says everything that pertains to Obeidom, that means anything that touches Obeidom and anything he touches was blessed. Hallelujah. Number two, the purpose of God's presence is not to scare us away, but to bless us, to elevate. You know, a lot of people say, wow, wow, I want, I love God. I want to dedicate myself to God. I know there's benefit to it. And, and there are people that they're enjoying open heaven and they're like, I knew how this open heaven came. This open heaven came over my life because I pursued after God. I gave to God. I committed to God. I, my heart was with him. I was not just saying, okay, Lord, this is my, you know, this is my money. This is my time. But my heart, I came to myself. No, they were willing, like a being Abinadab, they were willing. The word Abinadab means they vowed. They, they, they were willing to follow. Obehidom, it means serve. They were ready to serve with their heart. And that is how the heaven opened over them. And they got this level of grace, this level of anointing, this level of blessing. But not so many people want to go further and press in that. To see their life harvest the fullness of all that God has for them. So like David, a lot of Christians are like David. We start out with enthusiasm. 
But when we begin to see the responsibility of that stewardship and service to God, we begin to withdraw. Number three, Obedidom did not qualify for God's presence, but he created an atmosphere. He, 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 he created an atmosphere that was conducive to host God and that was conducive for the blessings of God to function in his life. What kind of atmosphere do you have in your home? What kind of atmosphere do you have in your life? Amen. Is it an atmosphere that attracts the favor of God, the blessing of God? You know, when the angel stood before Mary, he said, thou hath highly favored before God. It's before God, not just the favor of men. In fact, it is the favor of God that translates to favor with men. Hallelujah. And we see that Obedidom, even though he was not a Hebrew, he was not of the circumcised tribe of Israel, he was in fact a servant of Edom. He became a servant of God by being willing. I pray that somebody will be willing to go all the mile today to fulfill their destiny in God's prophetic agenda, even for the now in the name of Jesus Christ. Number four, our passion and love for God's presence must surpass our fear, our sentiment, and even in our judgment when it comes to approaching God. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, it says, come boldly. You got to come boldly. I see everyone was scared of the ark, but Obedidom said, Humbly, like a servant, I'm going to come and approach this ark. I'm going to steward this in my life. I'm going to dedicate my life. To, I'm going to align my whole household for it. To see that the hand of God is upon us and we're enjoying the blessings of God. Amen. Number five. With rejoicing and gladness, they moved the presence of God. Now, when David decided and he heard, Obedom has been blessed. I want that blessing. I, I want that. Because David was like, no, I just don't want to be an administrative leader. And the, 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 where the presence of God is actually ruling from, it's not in my house. So David said, no, I'm going to do everything this time to get the ark to come to me. And the Bible said when they inquired, they inquired and saw that the ark of God was meant to be carried on the shoulders of the priest. The priests were meant to carry the ark, not on a cart, not on technology, not on anything else. So the ark of God's glory was to be born based on the responsibility, the burden we're willing to bear. You know, carrying the ark on your shoulders without the help of any oxen means that we're ready to pay the price. Whatever it takes to start this meeting, look at this meeting, whatever it takes to be, to enjoy God's presence, whatever it takes to see the power of God in our lives, whatever it takes to see the our lives move to the next level of grace. He in inquired and found out that that was the key to hosting the presence of God. 
And David said, we're ready. We'll do it. And they wore the rope of righteousness. Amen. And with rejoicing, they began to praise God. They began to celebrate. Let me say this. God moves in our lives only in arenas and places we have covered with praise. Let me say that again. God moves in our lives. The presence of God moves in our lives in arenas, in places where we have covered with praise. Have you covered your children with praise? Then you see God moving there. Have you covered your spouse in praise? Then you see God moving there. Have you covered your job in praise? Have you covered your business? Have you covered your, your personal work? Have you covered with praise? I'm talking about praising God, celebrating his presence, knowing that, Lord, I know that you're with me. I know that you're at work. I know that you're doing something mighty, something great. And cover those areas with praise and you will see victory over every battle, long-standing battle in the name of Jesus Christ. Lastly, the Bible said that as they moved the ark, David offered sacrifice every six pace as they go. Every six pace as they go. Amen. It takes sacrifice to maintain God's presence. It takes sacrifice to maintain God's presence. You want to maintain that cloud of glory, that cloud of presence, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. Secret life of sacrifice. Secret life of continuous. You know, it's, it's the Bible says they made sacrifice every six paces. Six is a number of man. That means God will demand sacrifice from man, for you and I, amen, to, to maximize his glory, to maximize his blessings in our lives. Hallelujah. Let's read Psalms chapter 50. Let's go to Psalms chapter 50, and we're getting ready to pray. Psalms chapter 50. How many of you are being blessed by this word today? You are being blessed. You say, God is talking to me. This word is coming to me life. And I am moving to the next level of impactation and next level of grace in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, let's read Psalms chapter 50, verse 5. Psalms 50, verse 5. It says, gather my sins together unto me. Look at that. Gather my saints together unto me, that have made covenant with me by sacrifice. They've made covenant with me by sacrifice. Look at what God said. It says in verse 9, jump to verse 9. I will take no bullock out of your house, nor he goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hill. He said, I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field. They are mine. God said, if I were hungry, amen, if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. It says in verse 14, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows Unto the most high. He said, Then call upon me 
in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. So the secret to singing the continuous move of God, the presence of God, it lies in our sacrifice. Every six space that they went, they offered sacrifice continuously. Sacrifice. And these sacrifices are in three levels. Number one, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. There are a lot of us that we only give thanksgiving when it's Thanksgiving Day. No, the Bible says we should give thanks always in all things. That means every day we wake up, we offer that sacrifice and say, Lord, I want to cover my life. I want to offer sacrifice for all that is in my life. Have you noticed that anything you are not celebrating joyfully, giving thanks for, that is what the enemy used to actually torment your heart. That is what opens the door of dissatisfaction and displeasure in your life. Begin to offer that sacrifice of thanksgiving. Say, Father, I thank you. And you have lifted me and set me above all principalities, above all powers, above all rulers of darkness, above every attack. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you begin to use your mouth to enforce that in offer and offer thanksgiving and say, thanks be to God. Second Corinthians 15, verse 57, who has given me victory in Christ Jesus. And you are giving that sacrifice. Thank God my marriage is not a battleground. It's a place of glory and conquest. And you begin to thank God and say, Lord, thank you. My job is not a place of torture. My job is a place of service and fulfillment and joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My children, they are not burdened. They are blessings and heritage of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My health is not a challenge. My health is blessed of the Lord and the fruit of my body is blessed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you begin to offer thanksgiving. Amen. That sacrifice of thanksgiving. I believe that this is what Obedon was doing. This was his lifestyle. And this man, in three months, he saw a divine turnaround. A divine turnaround is coming to your situation. Let me hear your loudest amen. I said a divine turnaround. I hope you haven't gone asleep. A divine turnaround. Let me, let me see you chat your amen or shout your loud amen. amen. A divine turnaround is coming to your situation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The second level of sacrifice that we see here is vow. And when I was reading this place, I said, what, Lord, what do you have to say about Abinadab? He said, Abinadab means father of vow. Abinadab means father of vow. In the Hebrew, he said, that vow means willingness. You know, when we talk about sacrifice, we're talking about people, men and women. And I'm talking about this, this prophetic agenda from, from God to raise men and women who become pinnacle individuals, who will rise as stars in the hand of God, as nations in the hand of God, whose prophetic destiny will be fulfilled after the kingly and priestly order 
There are people who know how to live a vowed life to God. A vowed life to God. You know, I'll tell you something. One of the biggest tests that the Lord actually put me through is the test to see if I will serve him in the ministry if he blesses me with comfort. There are a lot of people who are shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, I love you, I love If some of you are comfortable today, you might forget God. you like, ah, let's just take this thing easy. You know, those who will make heaven will make heaven. Those who will serve God will serve. Those who will go to hell will go to hell. There are a lot of people right now, it's because they're still single. They're serving God a portion of sacrifice that we offer to God. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. In Romans chapter 12, he was talking about we presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, okay? Your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Before we can present a living sacrifice from our body, there has to be broken spirit within. A heart that is surrendered, a heart that is broken to the Lord, a heart that is conquered to the Lord. You know, there are a lot of people that want to follow God for following sake, but they, they've not come to a point where their heart has given up everything else to follow the Lord. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that when God is looking for sacrifices from men and women that will move him to unleash this dimension of Obehidon blessing, in three months, the story of the man changed. In three months, it was noised abroad that God has visited him. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God Almighty will equip you with the grace to live this sacrificial life in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, in Jesus' name. I want us to rise up. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.